Hello, and welcome to episode 247 of The Modern Manager. I'm your host, Mamie Canfor-Stewart. A warm welcome to Michelle O to The Modern Manager community. I would love to welcome you to our community and to support you to develop your management skills even more by providing you additional resources, a community of folks who can share learnings, and so much more. You can learn about all the benefits of membership and the Skills Accelerator at themodernmanager.com slash join. And if you work for a government or a nonprofit agency, you get 20% off any of my membership programs. Today's guest is Shai Tubali. Shai is a happiness history expert and a PhD researcher at the University of Leeds in the UK. His numerous books published over the last two decades have won awards, become bestsellers, and been published in 11 languages. His newest book on meditation was published in January of 2023 and explores 35 meditation techniques from all over the world. Shai's postgraduate expertise in science fiction, film, and pop culture enables him to share common principles that can help modern humans struggling with trauma, fear, uncertainty, depression, anxiety, and screen addiction. Shai and I talk about why it's helpful to meditate, the benefits you can expect to feel, how to get started with meditating and the various different techniques, and how meditation can improve how you show up every day as a manager and engage with your colleagues. Now here's the conversation. You're listening to The Modern Manager, a podcast dedicated to helping you be a rock star boss with a thriving team. Whether you're looking to upgrade your meetings, cultivate your team, or grow as a leader, this podcast is for you. Now here's your host, Mamie Canfer-Stewart. Thank you so much for joining me today, Shai. I have talked on this show about meditation as a technique or a tool that I recommend to managers. I have shared a little bit about my own practice, but I am really excited to be dedicating this entire episode to the topic of meditation because I think it is so important for managers to at least consider incorporating meditation into their practice, into their lives. And if they have an existing practice, to even just understand it deeper and enhance the practice. And I know you are an expert on this topic. So welcome so much to today's show. Thank you. Thank you. Let's let's encourage everyone to to at least try meditation. Absolutely. All right. So maybe we just start at like the foundation level of why meditation. And I, I love how in your book you pull apart the purpose of meditation from the benefits of meditation. So maybe you could start by just explaining to us why should we even be considering meditation at all? Well, I, I this is correct. I do differentiate between benefits and purposes because oftentimes our Western culture and research-oriented culture is very interested in benefits, which means lowering your blood pressure, and improving your concentration and improving your your sleep. But there are purposes. Purposes mean what meditation is designed to do or to fulfill, what kind of, of dimensions of your being it can it can realize, what kind of poten- potentials it can reveal. So I would like to start with the simplest and most basic reason or most basic purpose. And this is to be able to release ourselves from what I call the thinking machine, which is the involuntary 
restless stream of thoughts that we all experience, and it is it is a sort of of mechanism of conditioned thinking that that uh, is with us all day long, and we never know how to free ourselves from it. So I think that meditation helps us to be free for the first time, be free inwardly, so that we are able to master our mind in the deepest sense of the term. I love this because it's exactly why or kind of one of the experiences that I've had with my own practice is learning to quiet my mind and like let the the in, inner noise just calm like and kind of create space and and it's just it's an incredible thing when when I can actually do it because it's not it's not so easy sometimes so <laughs> no, yes, it, it's not so easy sometimes. <laughs> so maybe you can kind of translate how this purpose kind of shows up as benefits then, kind of, because I think it's a, it's a wonderful reason to meditate, a, kind of a wonderful reason to to try this practice. But I think for a lot of people, it's like, okay, that's great, but it takes a lot of time and it's not so easy and so like just just give me the benefits then like is it ability to focus is it better sleep are are those really the things that we can kind of expect to experience or are there other things that we can kind of expect to come out of this practice Well again these are the byproducts these are the benefits and it is true that there is a, a a vast array of of benefits that that meditation can supply you with quite rapidly but in terms of, of purposes, what meditation enables you to achieve is, is the ability to not be controlled or governed by certain thoughts and debilitating emotional patterns. This means that you finally feel that you have the ability to choose what you wish to identify with, what you want to make meaningful in your inner world. Now, if you are able to control these elements, then you are also able to, to know what you want to manifest, you see? How, what, what contents are worthy of your attention and what you can manifest based on these worthy contents. So I think the, this is the sense of freedom, the, 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 the freedom of manifestation, the freedom of of giving attention only to that which can help you to grow and that can evolve your being. It almost sounds like it's taking us out of the kind of unintentional way of moving through the world and the spinning around on the same things all the time and getting rid of the noise and really honing in on the things that matter to us. Is, is that, am I like on the right track here? Yes, that that that's beautifully put. Yes, and and I would say that 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 I think that meditation is particularly beneficial for what we call high performers and managers, because this is a podcast dedicated to managers, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so I think that that the thing with with high performers is that first of all, there are usually. And I consider myself a high performer. 
and they are usually identified with their doing. They are identified heavily identified with their with their action in the world with what they do. They tend to live in the future with what they can achieve in the future. They tend to to experience life as a as a as a, an unbroken continuum of challenges which they need to handle, and they are exposed to this inherent dissatisfaction of the feeling that there, there can always be more. So in this sense, I think to, to be able to gain our basic sanity <laughs> as high performers, we need to, to be able to tap into a state in which we cease to do and we are no longer defined through our action, but rather are able to discover our complementary half, which is not just noise, but also stillness, and which is not just time and, and rushing toward the future, but also, also being and, and timelessness. I can I can resonate so much with what you're saying. And <laughs> and also the like part of me that's like, but I don't have time to meditate because I'm so busy doing all these other things, right? And like that instinct to be on the go, 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 always in action, always goal oriented, thinking about the future, strategizing, worrying, mm. planning, right? And that this is like like we can actually do all of those other those things better if we make space and we can learn to be present and get to know ourselves better and 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 like and yet it feels almost like counterintuitive no but 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 that's a brilliant point because as soon as we understand that meditation is not just an escapist practice but it's actually the ideal preparation for action then we realize that it is not different from our our set of actions the actions that are meant to make us better performers, better managers. So I, I want to like take this in a, in a slightly different direction here in that mm-hmm. in the, the work that I've done and the kind of learning that I've done around meditation and, be, and kind of being present in a moment, that there's kind of two different ways that this plays out for managers in particular, and I think mm-hmm. probably for most people. The first is this kind of long-term strategy that we can build our muscle, our, our kind of ability to focus, to be calm, to be present, to kind of understand and kind of almost be outside of ourselves and understand what is it that I'm thinking and feeling and why, because we practice meditation. And so we kind of build up this these muscles. And then the second mm. is the kind of in the moment when your brain is on fire and your heart is pounding and it's this ability to kind of recognize what's happening and have a a way of bringing yourself back so that you don't end up in the you know making decisions out of emotion or kind of you know exploding <laughs> at your team member mm. but you're actually able to have have an ability to kind of calm yourself and refocus yourself in the moment. And I'm wondering if if one, this framing of kind of this long term, like I go to the gym every week to build up the muscles. And then in the moment when I have to use them, I know how to use them. D- does that does mm-hmm. that resonate for you? 
Yes, yes, exactly. I, I would say that because you use the metaphor of, uh, of going to gym, I would use this exact metaphor for for meditation because meditation is like practicing the, and flexing the muscle of our attention. You see that there is something that I call the law of attention. This is, this is one of the most important things to, to understand in life. And this is that we possess the greatest force in the universe, which is the power of our attention. This means that, that we, be, we get to decide what is real and what is not. We get to decide what to give attention to. And whatever we give attention to becomes powerful and meaningful. And whatever we choose not to give attention to becomes utterly powerless and utterly meaningless. So then in meditation, you learn to practice this kind of gap, the gap between your attention and your thoughts, your emotions. For, for instance, perhaps you have a thought, I'm not good enough, which is a debilitating thought. Now, we usually think that, that there is absolutely no gap between us and this thought. So what happens is that we automatically become this thought. And eventually, since we are giving it attention and ascribing meaning to it consistently, it becomes a monstrous thought that, that controls us completely. But we have given it meaning and power in the first place. So meditation helps you to regain this sense of gap, this sense of choice, so that in a moment of truth, you know you are able to to control this automatic tendency. That is so beautiful to think about this power of attention. I, I just I mm. love that. I'm I, I want to shift a little bit into the like th- this the different types of meditation because mm. I think that it's there there's so many different styles and techniques and approaches. And I can imagine that some people are listening saying, okay, I'm open to trying this. Or maybe I tried it in the past and it didn't really work for me. Like I didn't I didn't get some of these things that you're talking about so so clearly. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about the different styles and methods of meditation and why would you want to try one or the other? Mm, yes, that, that's a wonderful question. And that's why I've actually divided the world of meditation because, you know, the, the, the meditation market is flooded with meditation techniques, uh, old and new. And it is so confusing to, to, to know why we have this great diversity of, of techniques and are they different from one another? Now, what I did in, in my book was to divide the world of meditation into seven categories or seven, seven major purposes. And then I, I, I classified classical meditation techniques according to these categories. So I think this helps us to, to know what to expect to achieve from each meditation and which meditation is particularly suitable for a certain stage of our development or a certain need right now, because we can actually select a meditation technique according to an occasion or according to our current challenges. 
So I've divided the world of meditation into meditations that, that ground us and align our body and mind, meditations that, that enkindle our joy of life, meditations that uh, enhance our sense of true inner power and our sense of presence, meditations that open our hearts to love and compassion, and meditations that, that open our voice and, and enable us to, to communicate better, meditations that open our inner wisdom, and meditations that help us to connect with, well, the sense of, of existence and the cosmos. So I think that, that when we understand that medit a meditation is a, is a great diversity because we need all these different techniques and that we can approach meditation as an adventure. We can actually select whatever we want, experiment with the techniques and discard whatever seems ineffective for us. We don't need to commit ourselves to one traditional meditation for the rest of our life. <laughs> I love that you're saying, like, I don't need to just sit in silence, cross-legged, saying om for like four hours to, to be officially meditating, that there's actually lots of different ways to do it. And we can kind of be on a journey to discover what works best for us. Exactly, because the meditation can be walking, meditation can be standing, meditation can be dancing or using certain visualizations or even praying. So meditation is, I think, a great entertainment park of consciousness. <laughs> I love that. And and I know like in my own practice that I've mm. done both seated meditation and walking meditation. And I am very eager to try some dancing meditation, which I just learned about in your book. And and even in in prayer, it's interesting. I, I am Jewish and I grew up in a Jewish school and we had daily prayer. And I remember kind of as an adult when I was first learning about meditation and looking back at the experience that I was having as a middle schooler, kind of like deep in prayer and the like this kind of like back and forth movement and the kind of like almost mumbly sounds that start happening mm. when you're saying these prayers that you know so deeply. I'm like, oh, wow. I, I At the time, I didn't even know what was happening to me. But looking back on it, I can see how that that experience was not just a spiritual one, but really a, mm. a sense of like something deeper, but I, I didn't understand and have the language for it as a middle schooler. I was just like doing the thing that <laughs> my teachers told me I was supposed to do. Hmm. Yes, meditation can, can, can be chanted or uttered mechanically, which is unfortunately what's, what sometimes people uh, tend to do, religious people, but, but when we add profound intention to it, the, the sense that, that, that through meditation we are we are stealing our mind and heart in order to, to achieve a deeper communion with, with the divine, with existence, then meditation, then prayer becomes meditation. It's so beautiful, this idea of an intention too, that in any kind of meditative practice, even I know when I've done yoga, where we kind of start by setting an intention, it gives you something to focus on. It gives you kind of an, an opening mm, yes, as opposed yes. to just going through the motions and how powerful that is. And even when you're not moving, right, that you can just go through the motions still. If you're just sitting blankly, like that's not the same thing, that there's something <laughs> special that happens when you're meditating and when you have an intention behind it. So I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about how to get started. So for people mm. who are kind of 
new on this journey or maybe have practiced one particular type of meditation because that's the the book they read or the podcast they listened to and they're like, oh, maybe I might try something else. Kind of where where do you start? Kind of how do you begin this this journey? Well, first of all, there is one thing that, that I, I speak about and sometimes write about, which is what I call the five-minute meditation revolution. <laughs> you, you know that, that, that recent research has shown that, that even five-minute meditations can yield a beneficial um, results, including a significant reduction of stress and uh, improved emotional coping. So we need to understand that we don't have to, to start too intensely and to overwhelm our system and also to, to lead ourselves to, to some kind of, uh, of quick despair. Because sometimes you sit for meditation and you hope to simply enjoy silence without first going through, well, the challenges of meditation, getting to learn uh, the nature of the thinking machine and, and start developing this ability to disengage your attention from, from thoughts and emotions. So we need to, to, to approach meditation enjoyably, uh, but also, also experimentally. So what I would recommend is simply try several meditation techniques of diff very different types and examine which of these meditations is most helpful to you and which of these meditations is, mo is most revealing to you and natural to you. Because sometimes we, we go to, I don't know, some meditation center and they tell you this type of meditation, Vipassana, Transcendental Meditation, this is the ultimate meditation. <laughs> and, then, and then you begin to follow it, but, but it's not your meditation, especially not for now. So look for these meditations. If you want, you can try by, by, by reading the book, which contains 35 classical meditations, and, and dedicate some time to each. But even five minutes will be a good beginning. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's so funny because that's basically how I got started about a year ago when I really reintroduced meditation into my life. And it was mm. exactly that. I actually started with two minutes because I was like, five <laughs> minutes feels really long. Like I tried one day and I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like I've been sitting here forever. So I was like, all right, mm. I'm going to I'm gonna go with the like real win here. I'm going to start with two minutes. And I did two minutes for like three or four days. And then I was like, two minutes isn't enough. And I moved it to mm. three minutes. And and I just slowly worked my way up in a way that felt manageable, but also like valuable and and that I wasn't starting at a place that was that felt too hard. And mm -hmm. and I, I just I like think it's so important to start in a place where you're comfortable and work your way up. So like, yes, if you can start at five minutes, go for it. But I'm telling you, if you're listening and you're like, five <laughs> minutes is too much, it's okay. Start with two. Start with two minutes. <laughs> and and also to your point about like trying some different things, I also mm. was was very lucky in that the guidance I received was to do just that, was to try some seated meditation and try different types of chairs and sitting on the floor versus mm. sitting in a chair to like figure out like what is the position that works best for my body and try walking 
and give it a couple of days and see how you feel and see where your mind is at and not to feel constrained by one particular practice or one particular person's viewpoint. And I I love that that's what you teach and promote is to find the strategy and the technique that works best for you and your needs and your body and your brain. Yes, yes, that, that's, that's so beautifully said because because I think that meditation is is a form of 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 love affair. You see, we need to learn to fall in love with meditation. It's not a duty because we have enough duties. <laughs> we have uh, all our day is is packed with lists with a should do and must do. And then when we approach meditation, we sometimes bring this kind of approach, this kind of conditioning to our meditative practice and begin to do meditation. But we need to remind ourselves that meditation is the time when we cease to do. And we, when we, I call it when we take vacation from the world. Mm, I love that. All right. Last question before we wrap up. Is there <laughs> an ideal time to do this? Is is it like we should do this first thing in the morning to set our day right? Should we do it last thing before we go to bed to help us wind down? Does it matter if it's like in the middle of the day at lunch when you're sneaking away from the office for 10 minutes to just <laughs> recenter yourself? Does it matter as long as you do it, just do it when it works for you? What do you what do you think? No, I I think I think if we follow this line of of natural and spontaneous approach to meditation, meditation is love affair, then we understand that meditation must be individually tailored. You see, because for me, when I, when I meditate, I, I love meditating just before going to sleep because the world is gone. I no longer play my social role. I don't need my self-image. I don't need to be someone for anyone. And, and and there is some kind of, of silence and stillness in this in this in this darkness in this uh, under the dark night. But for many, waking up and starting the day with meditation is is a fantastic practice and a fantastic preparation for action. So so we wake up perhaps a, a little bit before the world wakes up. And before the world floods us with all the <laughs> all the text messages and the and the and their demands and expectations, and then we we somehow gather ourselves uh, from from our sleep state. Sometimes I recommend starting your day with a short meditation and concluding your day with meditation. In this way, you are creating a sort of thread that unifies the waking state, the dream state, and the sleep state. So you have some kind of of uninterrupted continuum of meditation that that infiltrates all three states. Oh, that's that's so awesome. I love that. And I will just add that my practice happens right after I finish exercising and stretching. So I feel like I'm doing all of the body things, and then I like focus Mm. in on the mind and the mental and the emotional experience. And I've I've found that balance of caring for my body and my spirit to be a, a nice kind of synergy that, that happens. So yes, people need to find the right time for them, but having quiet in the morning and at night just sounds lovely. I might have to try that out. 
<laughs> All right. Well, where can people learn more about you, Shai, get a copy of your book and all that good stuff? Well, first of all, people are welcome to, to access my official website, which is Shai Tubali, S-H-A-I-T-U-B-A-L-I.com. I think it, it includes a blog containing many articles on meditation. And, and then there is the official YouTube channel, which is also under my name, which includes numerous guided meditations and videos explaining how to integrate meditation into our daily life. And the book, the complete book of meditation, well, it is available everywhere on Amazon and, and elsewhere. Well, thank you so much for joining me today and talking through meditation and the purpose, the benefits, and how we can bring it into our lives in a deeper way. Thank you. It's been a joy discussing with you. Shai is offering 50% off his 21-day challenges. These are an invitation to tap into a new potential and to bring the light and clarity of consciousness to your everyday. This discount is available to patron-level members of the Modern Manager community. To become a member, go to themodernmanager.com slash join. All the links are in the show notes, and they can be delivered to your inbox when you subscribe to my newsletter. Find that at themodernmanager.com. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Meetings are one of the most critical components of healthy collaboration, and teams are at the heart of how we work. Meteor helps you use your time in meetings productively, build healthy relationships with your colleagues, and move work forward. To learn how we do it, visit meteor.com. That's M-E-E-T-E-O-R.com. You've been listening to The Modern Manager. You're already becoming a rock star boss of a thriving team, I can tell. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player, and join the mailing list at mamieks.com slash podcast. That's M-A-M-I-E-K-S dot com slash podcast to get show notes and other special content delivered directly to your inbox. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.